Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. If you want to learn more about your hosts, make sure to listen to episode one. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, ladies. How's it going? Erin, did you get a haircut? Looks oh, totally different. I did. <laughs> I love it. it looks you wonderful. have such an eye. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, you need to describe it for everybody listening because they won't be able to see her haircut. I'm yeah. going shaggy. I'm trying <laughs> a little shaggy action. I'm, I so I saw this um uh you know I scrolled I was scrolling on sure. the phone and you had to find inspiration was, right that's <laughs> every woman has to find inspiration no I was looking for I was just you know the dumb thing and then it said <laughs> haircuts for over 50 and I was like well it's time to check that out <laughs> and, uh, I love they, it they were pretty good there was okay stuff in there so I just went and had one of those one of those done so thank well, it looks it looks nice. wonderful looks wonderful is 50 the new 20 I, I would love to hear that yes except without all of the procreating pressure so it's way better oh yeah <laughs> amen to that all right well I think this is definitely the time it's time to introduce Jamie <laughs> our guest show today hi Jamie uh, we're so glad to have you here oh I'm happy to be here and I wish that hairstyle was a, an issue for me because I'm losing my hair so fast I know that in a very short few years it won't be an issue at all for me <laughs> well, yeah maybe for men and the hairstyles over 50 you know it's just no hair I, I yeah, yeah it's just zero you know, number zero clipper <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I still got a little bit of hair though. So I got a few more years still where I can still style it and, you know, try to look my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for our audience, let me just share a little bit about uh, Jamie, our guest today. So Jamie Irvin is the host of the heavy duty parts report and a sales and marketing consultant that specializes in working with heavy duty parts, manufacturers and distributors. Um, and I had the distinct pleasure of being on uh, his Heavy Duty Parts Report podcast. And uh, if you're a listener and you're in the heavy duty industry, definitely I recommend you taking a listen to Jamie's podcast. I know it's it's delivering a, a lot of benefit to the industry. So, uh, Jamie, I'm curious if you can share with the audience something interesting about you that they might not know. Well, uh, there's there's a couple things, but um, one thing is I've been a podcast host really since 2017, uh, but the Heavy Duty Parts Report didn't start until 2019. So I had a whole other podcasting uh, journey before that. I did like 150 episodes and uh, it was just a very broad-based subject around business. Um, and I pivoted into the Heavy Duty Parts Report. And so when I made that choice to pivot, it, it really was a, a case where nobody had 
not many people listened to the first show I had. <laughs> and, uh, and that's okay, because I learned how to podcast and nobody was listening. So that was good. They didn't hear all my foibles. But then when I was able to start the heavy duty parts report, um, because of all that experience, I was able to really hit the ground running. And I had learned a lot from that. And that uh, was great, because the show took off and, and we've done really, really well. But I always hoped that it would lead to something more. And so just recently, I was invited to be a co-host on a nationally syndicated radio show on TNC radio called Mind Your Trucking Business. And cool. it is a brand new show. Uh, we've just published, I think uh, we've done 11 weeks now, and it goes live on tncradio.live at 6 p.m. Central on Thursday evenings, and then it's re rebroadcasted as a podcast. So to actually be on the radio uh, from, from those original days when I launched a podcast and I literally had to google what is a podcast um i've, co I've come a long way <laughs> yeah well congratulations awesome. okay ladies we have something to aspire to uh, yeah. jamie's leading the Our way show. awesome <laughs> look out Joe Rogan <laughs> <laughs> actually you know it's so funny um I never I never I've never said that about myself but I actually had someone the other day say yeah I was really excited to come on your show and my coworkers were asking me um who is this guy and he goes I don't know he, he's I, I guess he's like the Joe Rogan of truck parts <laughs> and I was like you know what I'll take it I'll take yeah. it sure, why not that's awesome can we please yeah. put that as a, the headline in our show notes because yes we should. <laughs> Love it. That's great. All right. So let's jump into our uh, questions for today. And, I, and we're going to start with, you know, I'm curious what you think from your opinion and all your research and all your discussions, you know, what's the biggest challenge facing manufacturers today? Oh, excuse me, today. I think, uh, you know, you probably wouldn't be surprised if I said supply chain issues, but I actually don't think that's the biggest problem. I think that's an acute problem that we're having right now, mm -hmm. but I actually think the larger, more overarching problem is something called demographic inversion. And I did some research on this recently. In 2019, there was a global census. And at that time, there was just over 700 million people globally over the age of 65. Mm -hmm. And there were only 680 million children under the age of five. Okay. Okay. So that doesn't sound like, hey, it's pretty balanced, right? At the, at the beginning of life and the end of life, those numbers are balanced. But what's going to happen between now and 2050? That's the part that got my attention. Mm -hmm. The gap is going to double, meaning in, by 2050, that gap is going to get twice as big and there's going to be way more people over the age of 65 than there are children under the age of five. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know this, but um, even if we all got to work on the problem tonight uh, with our spouses, <laughs> let's face it, we're not going to be able to solve the demographic issue for about 20 years because it takes a, you know, roughly 20 years to get a child to adulthood <laughs> and in the workforce. So yeah. um, this is a problem that we might have been able to solve in, you know, like 2000. Uh, to 2005, but it's too late now. The, 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 the die has been cast and, and the trend has been set. The birth rates are not going to change. So this demographic inversion is creating a condition where it's not that there won't be young people. Mm 
but the 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 battleground for retaining and or sorry for recruiting rather young mm-hmm. talent is going yeah. to intensify year over year as we move forward. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then there's this other trend where by 2030 all of the baby boomers will pretty much be wrapping up their careers. So one of the largest groups of people on the planet will be completely exiting the workforce. And there's just not enough Gen Xers um, to to cover the spread between all of the baby boomers leaving. So, so even once the millennials who are now getting into senior positions of leadership within their companies, um, even once they're in full swing in their career, we still have this, this downward trend on labor. And so um, it's, it's rather surprising, but the truth of the matter is the second half of this century, the biggest problem facing humans will be a lack of people, not overpopulation like we once thought back in the 70s and 80s. And that is something that is going to cause most manufacturers a lot of problems. And the competition for young talent is going to be so fierce. So if you're in a vocational trade like trucking, or if you're manufacturing in an industrial sector, you're not just competing with other manufacturers in that sector. You're competing with tech pharma and other other sectors that are much more appealing to young people Mm -hmm. than often the the industries we work in like the trucking industry Mm -hmm. so we've got a real uphill battle um in the next 10 20 30 years yeah wow i i never heard anybody talk about it that way and i've always been fascinated by the generational shift but I didn't know the numbers and the shortages that we were going to have with respect to people. I just read something this morning uh, in the construction trades, 90, their biggest challenge right now, according to 93% surveyed was finding qualified people for the construction industry. So that, you know, 93% of them reported that. And these were both salaried and skilled workers to come into the construction trade. So we have the problem now. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it, 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 and we've we hear that we've had conversations regarding that as well. Yeah. So, so I built I built a contracting business from 09 to 2016. And um, I sold it in 2016 to a competitor. But they're 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 aging out. You know, all of those trained those people I trained in the in the t- 2010s, um, they were in their 20s and 30s. And now they're in their 40s and 50s. And guess what, you can't do that job. Yeah. until you're 65. You mm-hmm. can't pack a 40 foot ladder and, you know, carry heavy tools and climb all over buildings in your fifties and sixties. It's just not, it's just not feasible. Right. Yeah. So they have a big problem. And then the other, the other issue just related to that is over the last 20, 30, let's say 40 years, when, when, when families were sitting around the dinner table and, uh, and then maybe their friends came over for a barbecue, what, what were they proud of? when their children were going off to post-secondary education, right? Susie's going to be a doctor. Johnny's going to be a lawyer. You never heard someone say, all right, Sam's going to be a truck driver, (laughs) right? And so we've got this big issue in these, in these industrial vocational type sectors where we're just not considered by most families, a viable option for their children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a big problem. It is. Oh, you really lay the facts bare for us, like Chris said, and, um, you know, because we've heard that second part a bit that it's just not appealing, but you're like, actually, if everybody wanted to do it, our number, the numbers are not looking good people. Um, no. so, so you had one solution 
that you floated, I've already um, admitted I'm beyond the procreation age, so I can't participate in that solution. <laughs> but what, uh, what do you think, what would you say that manufacturers can do about this? Like what's how, give us some hope here. Jamie. Well, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. My daughter just turned 18 and my wife and I, um, we love our nieces and nephews because they're sons and daughters you don't have to pay for. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so uh, the thought of having to start over with diapers again for me, it's like <laughs> out of the question. No. Um, so, okay. So what, what can a company do? Well, the first thing you can do is you have to create systems inside of your business. And when I say systems, I remember talking to one CEO and he goes, well, I already have an IT department and yes, tech, we're going to talk about technology in a minute, but systems are so critical for your operating, um, the, the, the way that you operate your business. And, you know, I think about like McDonald's, they've, they've created this multi-billion dollar business on the backs of teenagers. How did yeah. they do that? They systemize their operations down to the lowest possible um, denominator, right? And, and that was teenagers. And so we can't do that. You know, you, you need engineers that have gone to school and gotten properly trained, but you can still systemize the positions. You can still systemize the business. You start from the bottom up and you've got to get an operating system where the system is the solution and you hire people to run the system. And that enables you to actually be more productive and to operate at a very high level with lower levels of talent. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge part of the solution. And then the other part of that is to leverage digital technology. So um, just an example in heavy duty parts, it costs roughly 30 to 60% less to accept an order via e-commerce than it does to accept it for, you know, through the traditional method of answering the phone um, or having someone come to your parts counter. So if you have less people and less human capital, you need to have things in place like an e-commerce platform to be able to, you know, empower your customers to become more efficient themselves. Yeah. And then it's a less cost for you. So then you can reallocate that cost or that savings towards higher value right. projects or higher value things. And I really believe that the battleground here in the next 10, 20 years is going to be all about which supplier makes their customer more efficient because our customers have all the same labor issues and demographic issues as we do. Right. So how do we make our customers more efficient? If we figure yeah. out systems that do that and we and we leverage digital tools and technology to accomplish that, we're going to win that battleground, not only on talent recruitment, because people are going to be like, wow, I never really realized that being in the truck parts business could be so technologically advanced. Yeah. But right. in addition to that, it's like the customers are going to support us because guess what? They've got the same problem. And so it's just easy to buy from you yeah. uh, versus someone else. Right. Oh. right. Manufacturers, I hope you're listening. That was <laughs> gold. I mean, <laughs> gold. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the best thing that anyone can do is make it easy for people to buy from you. And I think leveraging technology is the best way to do it. You've got to do it right, obviously, but the easier it is for a customer to make a purchase, re repurchase, rebuy, the more they're going to do that with you. Absolutely. Yeah, the easier and it is for them to produce, you yeah, know, yeah. even if we cannot, if we can even skip the buying, it just happens and mm -hmm. they're just continuously producing and we're limiting. I mean, think about all the advancements we can make there. Sorry, Jamie, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, like in the truck parts world, we have seen it. And, and Chris, you can back this data up because we work closely together. But um, we have seen that clients who have enabled this e-commerce platform and has leveraged several different kinds of digital tools to make their company more efficient, they are finding that some of their customers are buying 35% more products from them. Why? Because they're already there buying the things they traditionally bought. And then they're like, oh, well, this was oh, easy. Here. Well, what else can we buy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so even as a, a, even our manufacturing clients are finding that, that, that their distributors are like, oh, well, I can actually consolidate my purchases to this one easier solution. It's saving me time. So it's just, you know, just hit that easy button all day long. Yeah. yeah. Love yeah. that. So obviously technology is super important digital transformation. We talk about this quite often on this show, but is that the only solution? No, because, you know, as my mentors uh, taught me many years ago, the business is a very social activity. It's Mm -hmm. still always going to be about people. And um, when you think about recruiting that younger generation, you got to take a minute to look at your company through their eyes. Mm -hmm. So you got to get your Gen Z mindset on. What does this group, like my daughter's 18, she's uh, going in, you know, I really hope she continues with it, but she's chosen to go into audio, video editing and media production as her chosen profession. And so she starts school literally today. When I get done here, I'm helping her get logged into her first course. When she's done that and she's looking to work for a company, She's going to have certain criteria and certain priorities that do not align with the old guard at all. Mm -hmm. And so you have to build a brand and a company that's going to attract the next generation of young talent. How do you do that? You've got to make your company a place that these people actually want to work. And guess what? Some long held old ideas, like uh, one I hear all the time is how, you know, you just got to put the hours in and you just got to like hustle and like that hustle culture, it's dying off with the, with the oldest millennials, Um, the the next generation, they're not interested in hustle culture. Mm -hmm. So how do we adapt? And, you know, in my industry, we just skipped over millennials. So the, the things we're trying to overturn the, the deeply held beliefs and ideas I'm trying to overturn are actually ones that originated from the fifties, sixties, and seventies. So this is a big generation generational gap. And and you've got to take a look at your company from through their perspective and their eyes. That's not an easy thing to do for someone who's 40, 50 or 60 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Chris is, Chris is a great example. And we've had many deep conversations about, uh, you know, how painful it is um, to let go of the control that we've enjoyed and to watch how these younger people just function so differently in large part because of that technology that you mentioned before. Um, and one reason that I know that Chris is doing so well at that is just she's an empathetic person. And I think it sounds like you are as well. And that empathy and that willingness to open yourself up to new ways of thinking and doing things really gets to that question that that you had, Lori, like what else besides technology? And it's just like, have an open mind, buckle in because, you know, things are changing fast. And um, I think these are really good facts for everybody to keep in mind. I'd like to give you a bit of an example of, of how this can play out. So one of my clients is a manufacturer and they implemented an e-commerce platform and uh, they did that just before they hired me to help them with their messaging and digital sales and marketing and training their salespeople. Mm -hmm. 
So I asked them, I said, what was something surprising that happened once you put this technology in place? And they said, well, it really came down to the way we were interacting with our people. So we have a distributor who literally shares a parking lot with us. And the old procurement manager would walk over and chat with everybody and would place his order, you know, basically, I think it was like written out or printed off and he would hand it to them and they would have a nice chat and everything. And, you know, this person had 40 years of experience, so they really knew what they were doing. Um, that person retired and and now a young person takes over that position without the benefit of all those years of experience. So they looked at it through a different lens and they said, I don't have time to go over there and, and waste in that rapport relationship building activities that was so deeply held as, as almost sacred before. So they go on the e-commerce platform and they hit the order button and they don't even go pick up the order. They select the delivery option. They're in the same parking lot. Yeah. yeah. But here's where it changed. This is where the the culture of the company was so important. That younger person actually spent time getting to know many of the employees at the manufacturer through social media and developed a relationship outside of business hours. Mm-hmm. So whereas the old guard only ever built a relationship on company time during working hours and then was like non-existent. This newer, younger person leveraged the digital technology and actually bought more from them, but selected the delivery option never to speak to anybody at the company on company time, but through social media, built a relationship with several key people and they have a relationship outside of business hours. I just thought that was a fascinating shift in behavior. Absolutely. That's a clip. Let's take that story and put, that is such a, interesting story and you can just read that in so many different ways you know the sort of the sadness of losing that interpersonal but then the sort of excitement and joy of a new way of connecting with people great story love it yeah no and I appreciate you sharing that story as well because one of the things that you know we want to do as a result of having this podcast is challenge the status quo and I think what you just described is the status quo the change of the status quo, but it's such a personal story. And I think so many people can relate to what you just shared. And that truly is the way things are shifting as the next generation moves in. So it's so relevant. And I think a lot of people are going to pick up up some good information here. But here's the thing, if that manufacturer had not modified their approach and built their brand in such a way that their employees were empowered to continue on that relationship with that new employee on social media. That never happens. If they hadn't also added technology, guess what? It doesn't matter that the manufacturer is in the same parking lot. I can guarantee you that that young person would have bought from a company, you know, three, three or 10 miles down the road or 20 or a hundred miles down the road um, who had all of those things in place. So they could have just as easily lost that customer who's literally sharing a parking lot with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think if more manufacturing companies would walk down to their purchasing area and talk to the, I think it's across multiple generations, uh, you know, that the buyers are, they're using technology solutions today. So sometimes we at a manufacturing firm, we're not ready to make the change but our own people are doing it in the way in which they buy. So, you know, there would be a lot to learn if they would just go down and talk to their buyers and their purchasing teams and see what they're doing. What what sites are they using? Good insight for sure. 
And I, I like, just imagine if the four of us were the leadership group of that manufacturer and we lost that customer, oh. what would we have said? We would have said, oh, see, it's that younger generation. They don't care about relationships like the old guard. Mm. That's a false statement. It's not yes. true. It's just that that young person doesn't have the experience or the time during work hours to engage in some of those relationship kind of driven activities because they're just overwhelmed. They don't have the experience. And so they're just, they're just trying to keep their head afloat using the technology and using these other means of communicating and building relationships with this person, you know, enabled that relationship to carry on. So you can see how easily we can look at someone's um, behavior in business and, and make an assumption that's completely false because that young person was more than happy to build relationships with people in that business. It's just at a different time and in a different way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it ties back into some of the things we were talking about earlier. So many people are having to do more with less, right? So the the time available to that individual is such a key part of the story. You know, they, they did not want to waste time. I, yeah. Great, great insights. All right. Should we move on to our next segment? Thank you, Jamie, for sharing such excellent information with the audience here today. Our next segment is uh, finishing the sentence, I just learned that. And uh, I'll go to you first, Erin. Can you share with people what you just learned? I'm excited to share this one. So um, I use a a transcription, I need transcription occasionally for like your webinar, you do, you know, recording and you want to turn that text into something. So I've been using a service called Otter AI. I don't know if you've heard about it, but but I highly recommend it. I think it's excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just learned that they are now offering or it's available to do, um, they'll create an outline of your presentation. So they'll do the sort of structural analysis and then feed that back to you, which is just so helpful um, and kind of just makes me excited about the future and, and what kinds of tools we'll have available to us through AI. Yeah. Well, Aaron, did, is, there a, is there an API to Zoom with Otter? Yes. Is there? Yeah, because that's what we use for this show. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then you just have it. It feeds it right there. You don't. Yep. The the show automatically uploads to Otter, and it's automatically transcribed. Um, af- as soon as I uh, close out the Zoom meeting, uh, it's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome for show notes, but also as a mm-hmm. consultant, I use the same thing, and then I transcribe all of my interactions with my clients, give them a copy of it along with the video, but then I have all that data, and one day I plan on using that data to build out some very interesting data sets over several years of consulting, so very oh. powerful stuff. Perfect, and I think that that new outlining would be helpful for something like that when you have so much content and you need some helpful ways to organize it. So um, it's a little bit of an ad for Otter AI, and if you want to throw some cash over here as a sponsor, we'd be happy to have you. Uh, <laughs> we'll just make sure to tag them in the social media posts then. <laughs> Chris, go. back at you. What did you uh, learn? Oh, I just learned that um, there are these things that are called solar botanic trees. Have you guys heard of these? No. Um, So they are, they look like a tree, but they're actually a solar panel. So it's shaped like a tree. And what would be your leaves are the solar panels and it's collecting, uh, you know, solar energy through a box. And these solar trees 
mm-hmm. um, are able to feed, uh, you know, a energy to a four person, uh, three room house. They're oh. able to put energy to a carport and have like six electric vehicles hook up to wow. it. And feed. Nice. So, you know, it's interesting as we get into electric vehicles and we get into solar energy and all of the alternatives that, uh, of course, we're looking for uh, as countries today that, that these new things are popping up. So you could have a solar tree in your garden at home yeah. and it could be feeding these things. And it actually looks kind of cool. So you'll have to, it's called solar botanic trees. If you look it up, you'll be able to see what it looks like. And awesome. Who knows? We might be seeing these uh, in the future all around as we go to parks, as we go to different things, wherever energy would be needed. And it's going to save a lot of energy on the grid. And of course, that's what um, we're looking for. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Lori, how about you? Um, you know, I love diving into the research stuff. So uh, Horizon Media published a top trends report uh, recently where they're identifying trends that are meant to help brands apply innovation and in marketing for meaningful improvement to people's lives as well as the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's six key forces that they've identified um, that are weighing heavily on people's minds right now. Um, economic uncertainty, I'd say that's kind of an obvious one right now. The pandemic is still very heavily weighing on people's minds. Mm. Um, the midterms, uh, any sort of social political unrest. So like what's happening in Ukraine still, Roe versus Wade um, decisions, um, data, data privacy is definitely still heavy out there. And, um, this one, I think, uh, I think all of those other ones are very like, yeah, we know that, but technology advancements seems to be weighing pretty heavy on people right now as well. Interesting. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Do they do, do they add some color to these things or is it just survey results? Do they kind of Going. Oh yeah, there's. I'll include a link to the full um, trends report because then they go um, a little bit deeper into um, into like these were the the key forces that are diving into a bunch of different trends. So okay. mm-hmm. figured awesome. I'd focus on the key forces instead of all the trends <laughs> that they have. <laughs> I want to check yeah. that out. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna check it out too. All right, Jamie. Yeah. Can you finish the sentence? I just learned that. Yeah, I just, I just, I knew the labor shortage was bad in the trucking industry, but I just learned that there is over 300,000 open positions right now in the trucking industry. If you add up drivers, uh, technicians, and then if you add in some of the support roles like parts technicians, warehouse uh, people, um, salespeople, big problem with a lot of, a lot of salespeople retiring and no one to replace them. So yeah, like 300,000 open positions. It's crazy. Yeah. So Huh. And, you know, this is a great industry. And and what people don't realize is, is like, you don't need a, a four or six year degree to enter this industry and make above average income. Um, you know, there's lots of people I know that are either right knocking on the door of six figure or are above six figure with, wow. with like nothing more than a high school graduation and a bit of vocational training. Lots of opportunity for someone who wants to level up uh, their financial situation. Yeah. Great benefits, a fun career. Let's fill those jobs. I mean, that's that's a lot of people. So yeah, I hope you're good. listening. Yeah, <laughs> listen to Jamie's podcast. If you're curious and you want to learn more, that's a great place to get started. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you, Jamie. We enjoyed you being here. 
Is there a place where people can reach you um, after the show if they're interested in, in reaching out for more information? Well, we, we're very active on social, but the best place to go is heavydutypartsreport.com. That's our home base. Uh, that's where our, you know all of our episodes are. We're on every podcast directory we can get, a, get ourselves on. But if you go to heavydutypartsreport.com, you have easy access to our social, easy access to the different podcast directories, and you can check out what we're about and you can reach out to me directly there as well. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you again and we'll see everybody next time thanks ladies my pleasure thank you bye everyone this wraps up today's broadcast if you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads visit mfgbroadcast.com contact lori hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.